What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the best worst podcast in the wrestling industry. It is the Junkyard. I'm your host, Junkyard James. Got a good action-packed show for you today. We're just gonna we're gonna complete our three-part series of what I like to call the junkies. We've gone over who I feel are the top men's and women's wrestlers of 2023. We're gonna go through the top 10 tag teams and and our main topic, which we'll jump right in here real soon. Um, we're gonna talk about. Why I think the IWC, why I think the wrestling fans around the world are making wrestling less enjoyable. But first, let's get into some housekeeping. As you see on the scrolling ticker for watching the video format of this, if you want to join the junkyard, email me at junkyardmediagroup at gmail.com. We will contact you to schedule an episode, go over things like what you want to talk about, time frame, things like that. We'll, we'll get that done. I just want to have a paper trail that way. Um, uh, we are good on that end. Secondly, if you could please... Follow us on Twitter at JunkyardMG. Like us on Facebook, Junkyard Media Group. Like us on YouTube, Junkyard Media Group. If you're listening to the audio format of this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could drop a rating down there, give me a five-star rating. Let me know how I'm doing, what I can do better. I'd like to know all of these things. Uh, want to make give the fans something to listen to on uh, an episode-by-episode episode basis. But let's just jump into this topic here. So <clears throat> this is being recorded uh, about 7.30 on a Wednesday, November 1st. And I'm trying to get this recorded before Dynamite so I can watch that. Um, and uh, I'm just saying that for context because I'm going to share some things I turned on NXT last night. It was night two of Halloween Havoc. And I um, shared a tweet about 25 minutes into the show. And it, and it reads this. I'm going to read it for you, for you. It says, I haven't watched hashtag WWE NXT in quite some time. Turned it on tonight and quite honestly, if there was anything better on TV, I would turn it off. Can't wait for AEW Dynamite tomorrow. That's all I said. To me, it wasn't that great of a show overall. I mean, that's 25 minutes into the show. And then later on, um, I posted a comment on someone's um, pay post. He said, Two WWE women's matches that are detailed by work injuries. Hashtag WWE NXT. Uh, my reply to that was 39 minutes in and there's been no story progression yet. The Creed's tag match was good, but other than that, it's been boring. So I'm just sharing my opinion. And 
outside of X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, I'm in a couple Discord groups, and the scale of the Discord groups in these wrestling communities, one goes from very, I'd say, accepting of all wrestling opinions, and other the others, I wouldn't say they hate on people's opinions, but there's a lot of, dare I say, vitriol over some of these opinions. Not just that I share, but just overall. And so I, sh- I screenshot it, my tweet, my, my tweet saying that basically if there's anything else on TV, again, 25 minutes into the show, that I would have turned it off. And I get responses such as, um, I'm a hater, and things like that. Just for sharing my opinion on an entertainment show. And so it, it feels to me, on, and on both sides of the aisle, um, and this is something that I've been thinking about today. I believe that about 85% of NXT's audience is the same people that watch AEW. About 85%. And the reason I say that is we take a look at Title Tuesday a couple weeks ago. NXT was about 900-something thousand and AEW was around 700,000. The week following, NXT goes back down to like 790, and NXT, uh, AEW is back into the 900s. And so my belief is, is, is there's really an overlap of about 80, I would say about 80, 75 to 85% that watch both shows. And then there are people on both outer extremes that are AEW loyalists and don't watch anything else. And then there are WWE or or NXT loyalists who don't watch anything other than that product. But I think my biggest thing is, and, and and I'll be honest here, recently WWE hasn't fit my, my niche my desires for wrestling, what I prefer as a fan of wrestling, WWE hasn't hit that stride. So I tend to watch a lot less of WWE than AEW. And that's not a bad thing. Here's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now WWE can hit its niche. AEW can hit its niche. And everybody else can hit their niche below it. So look, look. I responded a couple days ago to one of my Discord groups basically saying AEW has allowed WWE to make product the way that they need to make product or had made product when they were good. Without AEW, I don't think the product of WWE would be as good as it has been because they've had some pretty decent storylines the past several years. But, oh my goodness, in the like the year, year and a half leading up to AEW's creation. NXT 
SmackDown and Raw were damn near unwatchable. I remember going to WrestleMania in 2017, WrestleMania 33, and following that, like just being felt bored with the product. Um, it was stale. There was no real progression of storyline. Um, for the most part, like I just remember Brock Lesnar and Goldberg being world champion, and we had a part-timer, and, well, it's still kind of that way with Roman Reigns, but at least there's some intriguing storyline progression going on in the in the picture. Um, but AEW comes along, and it forces WWE to adjust. I think WWE sees it as we no longer have to put on – this independent style wrestling that they had put on before. And, and to be honest, WWE isn't good at producing independent style wrestling sh- uh, matches. The multiple super kick and the, the, the AEW show, NXT used to be that. And it had gotten really repetitive, really stale really quick with WWE at the helm. AEW steps in. No no longer now does WWE have to have the cruiserweights prevalent because AEW can fill that niche for the people who love cruiserweight wrestling. I, I tend to see it this way. WWE and AEW are in a symbiotic relationship. They're not they're not in a parasitic relationship. Or at least they shouldn't be in a parasitic relationship. They both should depend on each other. They're in a symbiotic relationship. Because of WWE, AEW can do things outside of WWE to reach that certain fan base. And vice versa. Because of AEW, now WWE can focus on what they have always been good at doing, which is putting on uh, sports entertainment. Less focus on the in ring, less focus on uh, on the, less focus on the in ring, more focus on the the story behind, and the vignettes and the backstage, and and we don't have to have the most technical of wrestlers because we can have just mediocre wrestlers who are doing mediocre things but put on a really good entertaining storyline, like Roman Reigns. I don't think anybody will ever say Roman Reigns is, is a technical wrestler, but he's pretty entertaining. He's just not my style, right? So for me, NXT was boring last night because in the first 39 minutes, we had one one match and then a bunch of, of vignettes and backstage segments, which I don't understand because I'm, I'm not a viewer of NXT on the weekly basis, I don't know who any of these people are. Some dudes dressed up as Scooby-Doo and some Haunted Mansion, and I get it's Halloween Havoc. But what's the story behind it, right? I, I don't get it. Um, and the and these these are the fans that are like, if if, if they they like to talk about NXT or AEW as not being able to present these wrestlers that maybe people don't know on a they they use the term casual fan may not know but that's not AEW style right so WWE is good at 
trying to present like someone like Alexis King. Everybody knows him as Brian Pillman Jr. So they put on vignettes after vignette after vignette, turning him from Brian Pillman Jr. into Alexis King. I I just thought his promo last night was very weird. I, I don't know. It's just very awkward. He didn't really work in AEW either. But I guess you give him time in NXT to develop that that skill. You have uh, push this Fallon Henley match with Tiffany Stratton just to have it like never even begin and some like worked injury or whatever may, may it may be. And the match doesn't start, and there's no there's no <laughs> like I was thoroughly confused when that happened. Of like you're just going to bring them out to not have the match start. Like what? <laughs> um, it was thoroughly confusing. Meanwhile, in AEW tonight, we're going to get an announcement from Tony Khan and we're going to get some really good matches. We may not get the greatest uh, promos or vignettes, but we're going to, we're going to see uh Tony Storm fight, I believe, Hikaru Shida for the belt. We're going to get several really good matches. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We're going to have really good matches. We're going to have a dream match or two get built. We're going to continue to see who's behind the devil mask. We're going, we're going to see who oh, this buildup between Bullet Club Gold and MJF. We're going to see probably another vignette between Adam Cole and Roddy. We're going to get this story progression because we're getting close to full gear. To me, Halloween Havoc was very just boring because I I didn't see any. They talk all the time about NXT having story progression. I didn't see any story progression there. I didn't see anything. I don't understand. Again, I'm coming in as a a first-time viewer after, after... after some time, I don't know the storylines that are going on, and, and there's nothing here to tell me what the storyline is. Right? Like, last we heard, Von Wagner was like, <laughs> his head was basically destroyed by some steel stairs, and yet he comes in, and he doesn't look anything different. He just has, like, a basic wrap around his head. Like, it's not uh, – uh, that was really fringe to me. They make Mr. Stone – and the commentary team was trying to present him as a if he's like not a trained wrestler, but like maybe I'm just too smart for the for the the market here. I know that's Robbie E. I know he used to be part of um one of you know one of my favorite um, TNA tag teams. He's X Division champion. He tag team with Jesse Goddard's like. I know this. Maybe I'm too smart for the market. But it just doesn't make sense to me. Again, because I guess in this instance, I would be a casual casual viewer just turning on the first time. And, and if, if I was being honest, if I had any interest in the World Series, that would have been on instead of NXT. But I don't care about the teams that are playing in the World Series. So, And there was really nothing else on TV, and so it stayed on.
I think the point I want to make here is each side has their niche, though. So for me, NXT was boring, but for somebody else, they may enjoy it. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I think that's perfect for, for pro wrestling. And the pro wrestling fans are at least maybe the 20% that don't watch both. I would say there's about 20% of wrestling fans that watch one or one or the other. And there's probably about 80% of the wrestling fans that watch both. There's just certain people, though, that like to push this narrative that it's it's us against them. When it should be, let's work together to build the industry. So, like you see, I have the a WWE title in the background. I, I, I want the best for WWE. I want them to be able to put on good good product it's not my style of wrestling that i would prefer to watch but i'll probably turn on the solidy show on saturday afternoon and see what's going on i haven't watched a and i love la night it's probably the only reason i would tune in no l l a night yeah you know, like he's my guy. I think Roman Reigns needs to lose the belt, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm, I'll probably tune in because it's a pay per view and I'm a wrestling fan. I'm sorry, <clears throat> premium live event. Um, but it ain't a bit, you know, it ain't my preferred style of wrestling. AEW is. And for some, AEW isn't their preferred thing. And that's okay. You can like NXT only, or you can like Raw only, or SmackDown only, or all WWE only and not AEW, or you can just like AEW and nothing else. But let's let's start acting like one community with separate niches and not us against, right? So I think the trouble we run into when it's us against is we create this competition that really isn't there. AEW is just running its thing. They've always said from the beginning they just wanted to be an alternative. They they were I don't I really do believe that Tony Khan was not that naive as to think that he could come in and, and just immediately topple WWE. You know, there's been some cheap shots on both sides. And so Tony, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, WWE work together, you know? For some people, their goal is to get to WWE to headline WrestleMania, and, and maybe AEW's the footstep that they get, like a Jade Cargill or a Cody Rhodes. AEW is the the stepping stone that they have to start with in order to get there. Or look at like Drew McIntyre; he was cut um, from WWE, goes to Impact Wrestling, and all these indie scenes, builds himself to be this big character, comes back as. You know, leaves, uh, comes back and becomes WWE champion. Jinder Mahal, right? All these other wrestlers that go and work the indie scene for a little bit, prove to themselves that they're, they can do this and then come back and WWE makes them champion. Maybe AEW is just that stepping stone for somebody. Maybe AEW is just the way that someone gets to know somebody like, like Jade Cargill. And now she's in WWE doing what she wants to do. So, again, without WWE... AEW, for one, doesn't get a lot of these contracts because I, I I don't think WWE makes the cuts they make. 
as if AEW doesn't exist. If AEW doesn't exist, Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, all of them, Undisputed Era, they're all in NXT or on the main roster because they're too valuable to be on the indie scene and not on TV. Plus, WWE would have to run that kind of style to fill the niche, to fill the zone. And so, as wrestling fans, let's just not, let's stop trying to play this game of it's us or, us versus them. It's NXT or AEW. It's WWE or AEW. And let's just say both need to do great for both to succeed. They're, at this point now, I feel like AEW and WWE are dependent on each other. If AEW were to fail, it would it would do more harm than good to WWE. And I, and I know the response I'd get is, well, no, WWE is independent of all of them because they're at the top of the mountain. And no one's, no one's saying that they're not at the top of the mountain. But you're only at the top of the mountain because... The only reason there's a mountain in this proverbial picture is because there's other competition below you, right? So without that competition, there's no mountain. Then you become stale and the product becomes what it was in like late 2017 to about 2019 or so. I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments. Um, My perspective is everyone has their niche, right? So, so, I'm a sports guy, which reminds me, tune in Thursdays, 9 p.m., Junkyard Media Group for the X's and O show um, <clears throat> with me and my boy, Commander Cody. Uh, we talk a lot of sports, but I'm a sports guy. So it's just like if you're a football fan, but you like the New England Patriots or and and I like the, the Buffalo Bills as I do, You, you don't hope the NFL as a whole does terrible as a business model. You may hate the Buffalo Bills because you're a Patriots fan. Like, I hate the Miami Dolphins because I'm a Bills fan. But be, my hatred for the Miami Dolphins only goes so far because if the, if, if the football, if the NFL were to go down, then there's no Miami Dolphins or Buffalo Bills. So I, I I want I want the Miami Dolphins to do good, be good enough so that it matters when we play each other. I want to win, obviously. But but my but my hatred for the Miami Dolphins wouldn't exist without there being the industry of the National Football League being there. So I may not be the biggest fan of WWE, but without the WWE and without AEW and without TNA, there wouldn't be the pro wrestling industry in the way that we know it as today for WWE to even be on my radar, right? So they're all dependent on each other. If WWE does good and AEW does good and they all put on their best product, then more people will start watching and and everybody does 
better ratings, does better numbers, does better buy rates. The, the crowds become larger again. And wrestling as a whole industry does better. Just like if, if the Dolphins do good and the Bills do good and the matchups that they want to put on primetime do good, the football industry does good. But when, but when there's no, or if there's a solely dominant team, like let, let's just talk about like an, another sport, uh, Formula One, Max Verstappen, Red Team Red Bull, they've basically clinched the owner's title. They've basically clinched the championship for the Max Verstappen's basically clinched the regular season championship. There's several races left in the season. It, it hurts the sport when there's just one completely dominant team. So you, like, I'm an F1 fan. I like Alpine and F1. I'm not a big fan of Red Bull. Mostly because they win all the damn time. There's no competition. You know, I haven't watched the last several races because I know who's going to win the race. And he's won every single race that I haven't watched. You know, but if... if Max Verstappen is doing, you know, he's at his his best, and Lewis Hamilton is at his best, and and um, Fernando Alonso is doing his best, and and the Ferrari team is doing their best, and everybody's competitive, and you don't know who's going to win. Like some of the best races this season in the F1 season are the races where the the Red Bull cars aren't completely dominant, but when they are completely dominant, you know who's going to win the race from the time they qualify. And there's no point in tuning in. Same thing there. If WWE is the only wrestling show, then they can just throw whatever they want to throw out there. And this, you got like the suffering succotash or whatever Roman Reigns had to say in 2019, 2020, him getting dog food thrown on him by Baron Corbin and all of that bullshit that they ran right there in that era of time. Dean Ambrose coming out with like a gas mask on for no fucking reason. It's just really terrible storylines. AW forced them to give us good storylines. I don't think the bloodline storyline exists without AEW. Being there to have to make them put a really damn good storyline together. That's just my opinion on it. But let's, uh, real quick, I talked about my show on Thursdays, X's and O's. Before we go into our final segment, let me plug that real quick. We will be right back here on the junkyard here in about 45 seconds or so. Go deep to Davis. One, two, three, they're going to run back to me. Jefferson. They want to come, but they never want to leave.
That's right. Every every Thursday night, 9 p.m., X's and O's on the Junkyard Media Group. Me and my boy Commander K-Dog talk sports. Uh, this week is NFL heavy. We're going to talk about some trade deadline moves um, and rank our top NFL teams and just give our overall opinion on the NFL scene as it is. Um, it's our midseason awards show for the NFL. Tune in this Thursday night. It's going to be a good show. Uh, like always, we're gonna we're gonna be live for that show, so we'll we'll mess around with the chat and answer some questions while we while we go through. Um, but back to this show. Speaking of awards, award shows. Here's the third and final part of my awards uh, ceremony. Uh, or it's called the Junkies. So we've gone through two episodes ago the top males, top ten males. Couple weeks ago, uh, we went through the top 10 females of 2023, and I wanted to round out the trifecta by going through the t- my top 10 tag teams of 2023. If you remember my post on Facebook or Twitter, I was going to do like a bracket for best match. Um, I got invited to do the um, a end of the year award ceremony show on the slapping meat wrestling podcast here in a couple weeks. Um, so I'm going to share my favorite match of 2023 at that point and uh, go on from there. Here we go. <laughs> Top 10 tag teams of 2023. Again, this is my opinion. This is nothing official. Um, this is just how I view it. And then like my biggest thing is how big of a How big of a year did they have in terms of putting themselves for having a better year in 2024? That's kind of where I see it. Long term, they used 2023 as a stepping stone to give them a better 2024. They had really good matches, really good promos. And again, this is tag teams, and there's a few trios and factions that are in here. A couple honorable mentions, Alpha Academy. They had a really good year, but they didn't make my top 10. Uh, the Judgment Day, some people would have them in the top 10 here. I'm not a big fan of the Judgment Day, I think. It should have ended when they kicked Edge out of the Judgment Day. Um, Lucha Bros, they were just, this was just an injury plague the year for both of them, so I just didn't feel right putting them in the top 10. And then one last honorable mention, I originally had them in the top 10 and then realized, like... <laughs> I missed a really good team, so I had to kick them out. So this is 10B, if you were to say. The Briscoes. I know um, GM and Pew, Jay Briscoe, passed away in January this year. I think they were set to have a really good year. I got to put them on this list because in the short period of time that they wrestled in 2023, they had some pretty decent matches. Um to end 2022 with that dog collar match with the FTR and then moving in to use that into momentum. I think they both signed with ROH and they were going to just, I think be really dominant at the time of Jay Briscoe's death. They were ROH tag champions, I believe. Um, and it's just RIP to Jay Briscoe, his death and Bray Wyatt's death did a lot. Like I cried for both of them. Um, 2023 was a, a pretty devastating year in terms of unfortunate passings of some really talented wrestlers. 
Uh, but number 10, and you can call it 10A or my official number 10, is Bullet Club Gold. And the reason they're number 10 on this list is <laughs> is um, because there's a lot of moving parts. So when I say Bullet Club Gold, I think I'm going to combine the two the two parts of the guns, Austin and Colton Gun, and Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson. It's two really, really kind of two tag teams kind of put together into one stable. They've had a pretty decent year. Jay White's getting an, a, a main title push. Juice Robinson is uh, was in the uh, opener match against MJF last week. He's a pretty big star. Because the Guns are the main tag team in Bullet Club Gold, I think that's why they're this low. Um, but I think they're bound to have a really good 2024. I like Bullet Club Gold. I expect to see them higher on this list in some shape or form next next year. Number nine, I have the acclaimed. If this was be, if this was being done in November of 2022, the acclaimed would probably be in the top two or three. Um, but 2023 was just kind of a stagnant year after they lost the tag championship. It just, I feel like maybe they've hit their mark. They've hit the top of where they're going to get, and it's only downhill for, for now until they reinvent something different. I'm a big fan of the acclaimed, um, big fan of the scissor me daddy ass stuff. Um, it's just kind of ran its course. And I like that they're still a part of some something in AEW. They're not completely on the shelf, but I'm excited to see where they go in 2024. They just kind of stale, you know, got really stale towards the end of the year. Number eight, we'll go to the Usos. And they'd probably be a top three or four pick if they were still a tag team at this point. But I don't think, you know, that one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown. They're split up. They're not really a tag team at this point. So they didn't stay a tag team the whole year. I have to deduct them a little bit there. But their run or the early part of – the, the year as part of this bloodline storyline, the Usos are probably one of my favorite tag teams in WWE over the last 10 years or so. Um, they're, they're always really good at putting on good matches, um, really solid guys, and uh, big fan of the Usos. They've split up. I think we're going to get a WrestleMania moment here, Jimmy versus Jay. I, I think that's where they're going here. Um but they, they didn't stay a tag team the whole year, so that's why they're down at number eight. If they had if they had spent the whole year as a tag team together, top five for sure. Number seven, House of Black. And now this is one of the factions that I have here. This is another one of those things where they had a whole year's work. Malachi, I think, was injured for a while. Brody was injured for a while. Buddy was injured for a while. I think Julia Hart, for you know, she's been away over the last couple of weeks because she got married and was on her honeymoon. Lee Johnson is the luckiest son of a bitch. Let me just tell you that. Um, <laughs> I love the House of Black, though. I hope Malachi gets a singles run at some point in 2024, maybe gets a title shot, either for the TNT title or uh, for the, the main belt. Um I love House of Black. They just didn't put together a whole year's worth of work. But what they did do in the time frame that they had here, they did really well. And I think you were bound, especially with Julia Hart, 
we're bound to have a really good 2024 for House of Black. Quickly here, number six, we have the Creeds. Um, I think they're about to get that push up to Raw, as we saw this week. They jumped into Monday Night Raw um, for the first time. I think they're going to get a big push um, here in the future. Uh, I think... I think they're one of the best young tag teams in the industry. Um, in the in the near future, I expect them to be Raw or SmackDown tag team champions or main roster. I don't know if they're are the belts still together. I don't know. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in quite a while. So, but the Creeds, um, number five, we got the Young Bucks. They didn't do a whole lot to improve their stock in the company. But they didn't do anything to ruin their stock. They're just kind of in the middle ground here in AEW. But they played a part in some really big matches in 2023. Uh, Wembley against FTR. Several matches against FTR this year. Um, and the Lucha Bros and some other really good matches there as well. Number four, Aussie Open. This is a team that probably would be number one or two had they had a whole year. Mark Davis is injured at this point right now. Kyle Fletcher's having this little singles run. When they when they both get healthy again and Aussie Open is a tag team again, I love this team. I think they're going to have a really good, really good 2024. Maybe they're the team to dethrone FTR um, for the belts. Number three, and I know. This is where people may call me a hypocrite because I said the Usos were in a tag team all year, so that's why they are eight. Well, number three is the team of Adam Cole and MJF. Better for you, better than you, baby. Here's the reason why I put them at number three because they've only been a, a, a tag team for the last several months, maybe two or three months. But the intricacy of the storyline that they've played. It's so deep. There's so many different avenues of this storyline. It's the best thing on AEW television. There's no way I couldn't put them outside the top three. They'd probably be number one if they had the whole year's work. But for the body of work and the period of time that they had, and just the delicacy and the intricacies of the storylines that they're, that they're presenting... Number three, better than New Baby. Number two, Blackpool Combat Club. I love the fact that you can put Danielson with Moxley or Danielson with Castagnoli or Danielson with Yuta or any of the other four combinations, millions of combinations that you can put there. Blackpool Combat Club is just awesome. Again, the intricacies with the stories. Each each four of them could have their own single story or put them in a tag team. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. They're, they're destined to have a really good 2024. They put themselves in a really good spot. Number two, but the best tag team of 2023, and I think the best tag team in the world, is FTR. Every time FTR steps foot in the ring, it's a damn good four-star match. Again, they end 2022 with that dog collar match against the Briscoes. They come into 2023, and they just put on banger after banger after banger. FTR. But let me know, did I miss somebody? Did I, did I miss a tag team? Um, I probably did. Again, I'm not a big fan of watching WWE product at this moment, so I probably missed the tag team there. Like Street Profits, I don't know how they did this year. I didn't watch a lot of it. 
um, Alpha Academy. I, they had an okay run, but nothing special to me. Again, I don't watch it enough to complain about it. Um, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of The Junkyard. If you want to be a part of the show, let me know. Again, that email address is junkyardmediagroup at gmail.com, and we'll get you set up. Until next time, this has been a trip in the yard. <laughs>